What's going on, everybody? I am Kiera Aikila, and I am back with another Armor of God podcast. Y'all already know I want to give thanks and praise to my Heavenly Father. He has brought me out of so much. And when I say so much, I mean so much. I mean mentally, um, I can tell that I'm just getting stronger, you know. A lot of people don't know me. And they don't know that I live the homosexual lifestyle. I was, it was in me since I was a kid, you know, since I was a little girl. I liked girls. I liked women. And, um, it's very, uh, sensitive for me to tell this story because I'm not perfect at all. You know, I don't blame people for things that was done to me because, in my heart, I believe in forgiveness, you know, so I want to forgive the people that have done things to me just as well as I want the people, I want people to forgive me for the things that I've done to them, you know, um, but the homosexual lifestyle really, really changed me. And as I look back on all the years that I lived that lifestyle and how much that was rooted in me as a little girl. Um, I mean, I, the, 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 the devil would give me very, very, very strong feelings about another girl. And growing up, I could never understand why I did not like men, but prior to all that, well, before all of that had happened, Um, I was maybe four or five years old and I remember not very vividly, but I remember, um, watching my sister get raped and mind you guys, I'm only four or five years old at the time. And I remember one of my older family members raping my sister And as a little girl, because nothing had happened to me before the age of four or five, seeing him do that to my sister, I, you know, you can't take that in at that age. And I remember him making us do things to him. I remember him making us do this thing to him and it's I can't even repeat it because it was just something that a four or five year old should not have to experience you know but I remember this thing like it was yesterday honestly and I remember where we were sitting I remember the apartment and mind you I'm four or five years old and what make this even more like crazy is that I have a twin sister who didn't remember any of it so when they say like during those ages four and five years old when you grow up some things you won't remember like even my nephews they don't even I don't think they even remember when they were four and five years old and they are um 10 9 and 11 right now. I'm sorry. Yeah. Nine and 11. So for me to remember something that horrific, it changed me as a little girl. You know, I became sexually active because I was introduced to something 
that a little girl should not have been introduced to, that a little girl should not have been exposed to. So growing up, I could not for the life of me figure out why I did not like boys. And not only that, boys made me insecure. I would always get talked about by boys. Boys always talked about me, called me ugly, saying my twin sister looked better than me. Um, They would bully me. I remember this one boy, he actually punched me in the face. Um, I was in a third grade and I will never forget he punched me in the face because when you get bullied like that it really I don't think people know that that really does something to you because you're human and it's like you want people to like you you want people especially as a, a young lady you want people to feel like you're pretty and things like that and it's like I always always talked about me you know I had those few boys that actually really truly liked me and I can honestly only remember two that really, truly liked me for me. Like when I say really, truly liked me for me, wasn't wanting to do anything sexual. They really liked me for me. And we speak in third and fourth grade, didn't want to abuse me, put their hands on me. They just liked me for me. You know, I can honestly remember two boys. So boys made me feel really, really insecure about myself growing up. And I think that was one of the strategies of the devil was to have it to where um, I was always talked about and picked on by boys. So not only me experiencing something extremely horrific at such a young age um, by one of my older, you know, family members who was a man, but then I have to go to school and worry about these boys picking on me. So I feel like all of these were really just strategies and schemes of the devil to kind of... Um, what's the word for it to kind to um uh what is it I'm sorry (laughs) y'all but I'm like uh okay yeah so to kind of groom me yeah to groom me into the person that I was becoming in the inside which was liking girls and I was one of those lesbians quote-unquote that felt like I was born being homosexual because it was so rooted in me. I did not like boys so much that the enemy put in my mind, I was born this way. God is going to accept me. And the crazy thing about it is I never grew up in a church, never knew God. All I know is that people talked about God and they went to church to do the right thing. But then you see these same people go to church, trying to do the right thing, come out cussing, smoking, drinking, all of that. So how am I supposed to look to these people when they're just as deep in sin as I was headed myself, you know? So the enemy really, really robbed me from what it was like to really experience how a man is supposed to treat you and how anybody in any manner is supposed to treat you, you know, but especially boys in my case, because I never could figure out, like I said, for the life of me, why I did not like boys. And it's like I had little boyfriends here and there, but it was a cover up for how I was truly feeling in the inside. I remember, um, Shout out to Jackie Hill because she had did a a documentary and she's also somebody that 
um, used to live the homosexual lifestyle. So she would know exactly what I'm talking about. But she said something on her documentary about her having this girl doll. And one of the tall girl dolls back in the day, you can dress them up. You can even probably wear their shirts because they was tall. And I remember my mom getting one of those for me. And I would be doing, you know, sexual things with this doll, a girl doll. And I knew it was in my mind. I knew it was a girl doll. And I was imagining that it was maybe a certain girl that I might have liked or whatever, you know. So it just opened up doors to me being a little bit uh, sexually active as a kid, just doing things that a little girl, you know, at that age shouldn't be doing. You know, I did the normal things. I played outside. You know, I I had a normal childhood as far as going outside, playing with my friends, such and such, you know, not being crept up in the house. You know, during my time, my mama didn't let us have phones until a certain age. Um, unless our, one of our friends gave us a phone or something like that. So I didn't grow up, you know, YouTube, TikTok, stuff like that was not even heard of when I was growing up. So I was literally outside playing with my friends. But I had another side to me, which was that side of me deeply inside, you know, me liking women. But one thing I can most certainly say is Satan was definitely grooming me to become the person that I thought I was in the inside. But like, you know, I had to say that about, you know, Jackie Hill and really shout her out because she, if I could actually sit down and talk with her, she would be the only person to truly understand where I'm coming from and how hard it really truly is to give your life to God once you've dibbled and dabbled into the homosexual lifestyle and especially when it has become so much a part of you and you have not had God in your life for so many years. So I never knew God. I never grew up in a church. I can count on my fingers how many times I went to church. My mom, I remember her only taking me to church one time. And I remember sometimes when she would um, drop us off, maybe she would be going out of town, you know, doing something for herself. And she would drop us off with some someone that she trusted, which was usually Miss um, Hazel, which I look at her as a grandma but she's not my real grandma but she would drop me off she would drop all of us off her three girls off with miss hazel and miss hazel would take the best of care of us nothing ever happened to us when we was with miss hazel but every time we was with her we would always go to church on that sunday um and i just remember every time we would be with her we would go to church on a sunday and then if she didn't want to go to church one of the sundays that we came over then we didn't go but best believe church was on tv But um, that's the only times that I truly remember going to church. And then we would always have to go to the little kid, um, the the children's teaching of the gospel or whatever. But I never learned anything. I would just be in there sitting like, what is this? You know, I didn't know what the heck they was talking about. I didn't. When I say I truly did not know God, y'all, nobody ever really sat down and broke it down to me. This is God. This is why people believe in God. And Jesus died for our sins. That was probably the most I knew because people talked about it so much. You know, you would hear people talk about religion. You would people you would hear people um, talk about Jesus Christ. And one of the common things um, 
that people talk about when it comes to Jesus is that he died for our sins. So it was common. So that was something that I knew, but did I believe it? I don't know. As a little kid, I'm like, I don't know what to believe because I don't know really what is behind this. But, um, yeah, I I only remember going to church a couple of times. So it was not in me to know God at all. So throughout my years, not only having this feeling of liking women, Throughout my whole entire life, all the way up to the age I am now, so I'm not going to say my entire life because I'm still living, thank God. But all of those years, I, I mean, like, I literally remember being a little girl, maybe 9, 10, 11 years old. I was young, and I would be staring out the window, and I would be, like, really thinking to myself, where do we come from? Nobody talked to me about God and it made me want to cry a little bit because I'm like, dang, I really was that kid trying to wonder, you know, where do we come from? Like, what, what is this? Why am I here? You know, I really, truly did know God. And not only, like I said, not only that, I had this feeling inside of me of liking women. And I'm like, where did this come from? Where did this come from? And I remember getting older, becoming a teenager, and I began to act on the way that I was feeling. And I had my first girlfriend, and I would just remember being out there with my sexuality. After I had told my mom it was over, you know, things had happened before I came, came, came out. Like, some secrets that just, you know, shouldn't cannot be told until you can tell the right person type thing so it was things that happened up into to get me to really live that lifestyle and to feel the ways that I was feeling about women you know but I could never really truly it was only one person that I ever told everything that I ever done only one person and that's because I could trust that person and I knew that they wouldn't go back and tell anybody and that they would understand you know what I'm saying like you know those people that will just understand and won't judge you and I knew that even though she was in sin she still didn't judge me this was somebody that loved me like truly really loved me so I knew that I could tell her everything and that she wouldn't judge me as a person you know and um I just remember acting and really feeling like I was just being myself when I came out after I told my mom that I was homosexual and this was the life that I wanted to live, you know, and she tried to talk to me about the Bible. But at that age, I was maybe 14 when I came out to my mom at that age. I'm like, mom, um, you ain't been taking me to church. You ain't been telling me about God. So when I tell you that I like girls, that's when you bring the Bible to me and say, oh, well, God uh, doesn't want you to live this lifestyle. So what she was saying to me, of course, went through one ear and out the other. And I still lived the lifestyle that I wanted to live. My mama still accepted me, but I can tell that it actually hurt her. You know, because it was something that she knew. She knew that my lifestyle was not pleasing to God. I just truly didn't know that. I'm thinking that, you know, first of all, I don't know God. I don't even know if he's real. This is what I was thinking at the time. So I'm like, you know, I'm just going to live my lifestyle. And I lived it. And I remember wearing boy clothes because I was so eager to wear boy clothes. I always liked 
men boy clothes growing up like and I would just in like every time my mama would go to the woman section like or the girl section I would try to get something close to that looks like a boy that wasn't really too girly but if my mom picked it out for me shoot I had to wear <laughs> but I just remember just growing up and just really trying to be a boy I would be outside playing basketball with the boys I was probably one of the best basketball players I mean they'll tell you my, my friends in elementary Growing up right now, if I had one sitting right next to me right now, they would be like, She's a, she was a beast in basketball. She knew how to play football. This is all I did. I would be with the boys. We would go into a field, and we would be playing football, or we would be playing basketball, or I'd be out hiking in the woods like a group of kids, me, some boys, and some girls. Like We loved going into the woods and exploring the woods. That's the things that I did as a kid. And I remember fight starting this big old fire in the woods. It was so crazy, but I ain't gonna get into that. But I, I was just having fun as a kid. Um, but when I came out, man, it was just it was a part of me that I was just like, man, this is I really want to live this life. And it wasn't until I had kissed this girl that I was with, I had ended up going with, and I remember really getting a getting a kiss from her and I was like something in my in the inside of me just melted like butterflies and I was like I knew from that moment like this is it like I knew period before even I kissed that girl but she had just it was one of them kisses that just make you be like man like you just want to fall into this lifestyle and that's what happened to me and I'm like woof the devil just had all schemes and tricks and I remember Man, y'all, I'm just remembering so much of my beginning of being a stud and really being out there. Like, I remember going to these parties and they would be lesbian parties. Like, when I say nothing but lesbians there or nothing but gays or homosexuals, nothing but lesbians, all girls. And I remember I would go to these parties and I hate to talk about it, but uh, because it's like, my flesh start to really miss it, but I cannot really get this point, uh, this point across that I to people that I really truly live this lifestyle. So I know what it's like having to sacrifice it to give it to give your life to God and to not live that lifestyle. That's why it's so important for me to give as much detail about what I did, the type of lifestyle that I lived with homosexuality when it came to homosexuality. But I remember going to this party, KB, her, my, she was one of my best friends, one of my stud friends. I didn't mean to say her name, but uh, oh well. <laughs> but I remember she was one of my best friends. Not at the time. I was actually just coming to her house to the parties because somebody had invited me that knew her. But she became actually one of uh, my best friends, one of my best, best stud friends over time. Like, I ain't gonna perp. I used to wear her clothes and everything because she was always fresh. I used to be like, man, let me wear this. Like, this was when I was bummed out. Just like I said, I was just becoming a stud. So certain things she is, you know, that was my homie. But I remember us becoming really like best, best, best friends after that. And it was this girl at the party. You know when you got you one, like, living a homosexual. You know when you got a girl that everybody wants. 
And I remember we was in a party and I was always getting danced on by this one girl. Like she would always come to the parties and she would be dancing on me like and like twerking. And then I remember this one girl that KB was with. And I don't think she knew at the time that the girl was interested in me. But after the party and everything, she said something to me. And we had ended up kicking it off. And I'm talking about it was crazy. She was just, she was out there. And I was just like, uh, I can't. So, and it ain't end up working out. We ain't even end up doing nothing together. I think the most we did was just make out. And that was it. But I say that to say this. I lived this lifestyle. I know what it's like to be a lesbian and then have to give that up because you know that it's not right in God's eye. God had to really open up my mind to that and open up my heart to that. That wasn't something that I wanted to do. When I gave my life to God, I didn't want to sacrifice me liking women because that was still in me. Even when I gave my life to God and and God brings us to him. So I didn't give my life to God. God gave, you know, God brought me to him, period, you know, and that's just that's just what it is but I remember just all the things that I did and all most of all the women that I was with and I'm like man God has kept me from diseases I remember finding out one of the girls that I had messed around with it was like maybe five or six years um after we had messed around though but I had remember she she had had a disease and I'm like you know what I need to go get checked out you know because I used to mess around with this girl so I had to go get checked and lo and behold it, the test came back negative and I was so excited I mean when I, I was in the doctor's office just leaping for joy after she came back with those test results because I'm like that's one of the things even though I was still living that lifestyle that was one of the things that God was saving me from everything like God has blessed me in so many ways even being in sin you know and it was like God seen something that I could not see in the future which was me right now giving my testimony being saved living for God not giving in to my fleshly desires or flesh not giving in to fleshly desires and fleshly cravings God seen this God seen me talking about my testimony and how hard it was to sacrifice how I felt about women I'm telling you when I gave my life to God I was in the middle of a relationship um it wasn't, it was an on and off relationship. So when I gave my life to God, we was off. And I, I want to say that, you know, cause God is in control of our feelings. He is in control of everything. He is in the midst of everything. Not only is he in the midst of everything, Satan is right there as well. You know what I'm saying? But God is in the midst of everything. And for some reason I had a hard heart for her, which means that I didn't love her for her. You know, in the end, you know, at first when we was together, we could be on and off and I would love her this day and hate her the next. But this time it was a feeling in me that I just couldn't get over. It was like I did not love her for her. I just feel like inside she deserves so much more like than what I had for her. Like I didn't have myself fully together. Well, I did. I mean, I have my own place. I have my own car and I have a job, but she was much more, you know, polished than I was. But that wasn't the reason. I mean, she really loved me for me. And that's one of the things that I really appreciate, you know, um, 
with her, but she was my last girlfriend and she was much older than me, but she was really, she really loved me like, and she would do anything for anybody. And, you know, I just pray that her life goes, uh, correct you know I hope that she comes to repentance and gives her life to God and you know finds her a husband that really truly loves her but um because she really deserved that she's just such a even though she's in sin you know a sweet person when you know a sweet person but being sweet won't get you into heaven and that's one of the things that I realized being with God being sweet and nice to kind to people that's not what's going to get you in heaven you have to do the will of God and not your own will but I remember telling her like look God spoke to me and you know I can no longer live the lifestyle that I was living and she was just cussing me out and she was basically just saying like you know God didn't speak to you and this that and the other basically feeling I know that that's that's how she felt like I was lying to her like really I just didn't want to nothing to do with her but that wasn't the case in my heart yeah I was feeling like I was you know like I said I had a hard heart for her in the end when I was giving my life to God like I knew that I could not be with her anymore. I knew that I couldn't be with any woman. It wasn't just her. You know, I knew that I could not continue that lifestyle. Like, I knew I couldn't. But what's crazy is, I forgot to tell y'all this um, before I got to that point. But what's, what's, what's really crazy is when I had told you guys that I grew up never liking men, never liking boys. And that's really true. So true. Like, I never liked one boy. He could be the cutest boy in the school. And I would probably be like, ooh, he cute. And probably just wanted him to be my boyfriend because everybody else thought he was cute. And because I was so insecure. But I really, in the inside, I didn't have a liking for boys at all. And the Holy Spirit, this is what I wanted to tell y'all. The Holy Spirit actually revealed to me why I never liked men. And it was because of what I had witnessed when I was four or five years old. It was because I had seen my sister get raped and what he had did. The Holy Spirit had to actually reveal that to me and put in my mind that this is why you never liked men. And my mom, the Holy Spirit actually revealed that through my mother. My mom is... um, have repented of her sin she's holy sanctified and she's filled with the gift of the holy ghost like when i say she has the holy ghost in her the god is in her like she sees and the god allows her to see in the spirit realm like it's so many miracles that i've witnessed um from god through my mother that people if i tell them people with a carnal mind which means people that really truly don't have a spiritual mind they would not believe me. They would think that I was crazy. They would think that, no, this is something that only happened on a movie. But I'm telling you, God has shown this to me. That's why I cannot, um, um, that's why I can't say, oh, I don't believe anymore. Or I can't, you know, I don't know God. I cannot say those things no more because I know. And he has shown me his power. And and this is stuff that I did. I just thought this was movie stuff. People just made this on up. God told, showed me and that he is truly powerful, real, existing, and 
I feel so bad for people who don't believe because they haven't seen a miracle, you know. And But the crazy thing is when you come to repentance and you give God your life, like you really truly sacrifice your life and you come to repentance to God and you go down in water and you baptize in the name of Jesus Christ, you're going to see so many miracles. You're going to see miracles and you're going to see nightmares because Right at the moment when you decide to repent and give your life fully over to God, Satan is on a determined effort. The enemy, are, he is on a determined effort, the devil, to lure you back, to get you back to where you were. And that was one of the things that happened to me. But back to when I was telling you, when I was telling you guys about my last girlfriend, but yeah, she didn't believe me. And, um, I remember just letting go and Satan was trying so many days until she just gave up, um, She was trying to get me to come to hotels. She would text me in the middle of the night like, I miss you. I can't sleep without you. And I would be feeling like I, in the inside, I felt bad. But also in the inside of me, it's like, I can't mess up with God. God is too powerful. It's the fear of the Lord that was keeping me from doing those things that Satan wanted me to do. But Satan will try through people. He will try through your dreams and with any situation that you have going on, Satan will try to create a strategy or a scheme to bring you down because his main purpose is to kill, steal, and destroy. That's his three main purposes, to kill, steal, and destroy, to truly destroy you. And one of the things how I know that the devil was real. I already knew God was real. But what made me know for a fact that I could not deny the power of God and that evil truly does exist is when I truly gave my life to God and I stopped smoking and gave over and sacrificed my homosexual lifestyle. Uh, not my, I hate to say my homosexuality because I feel like I'm owning it, but the homosexual lifestyle that I used to, please forgive me, Lord, because I'm not trying to own that at all. But the homosexual lifestyle that I used to live in smoking, I remember this was all after I got saved, all after I was baptized. I remember cleaning up, I'm going to tell y'all the first one. I remember cleaning up my home and, um, I had these dildos. I'm just being raw and honest with you guys. I had these dildos that I had from my homosexual, from the homosexual lifestyle that I used to live. And I remember this was real life though. I was cleaning up and I said, you know what? I got to get rid of some of the stuff that I used to have, you know, and everything in me. And I'm being so honest because I still liked women. So God still had to Even though I had gave my life and I was sacrificing, at this point, I was only sacrificing my actions. The fact that I would have been called up this girl and said, let's do this. And we would have had some sexual relations. I'm just being so honest. So at that point, I was only sacrificing my actions. But my heart, the heart was like, I just want her. I just, I want a girl. I want a woman. That's what I wanted. 
but I was sacrificing my actions at this time. And I remember finding the dildos and I just woke up and I said, you know what? I got to get rid of a lot of this stuff like that's in my home because the the enemy started giving me illusions and stuff of women that I have never even seen, women that I have been with years ago that I would have never even thought I would have had a dream about. So this is all after I get saved, y'all. This is how I knew the enemy was really, really, really real and that we really are fighting against Satan and his demons. But I remember cleaning up my house and I got the dildos, cut them up. I was like, you know what, I'm going to throw you. This is all real life. This all happened. I cleaned up my house real good, cut up the dildos. I cut each of them in half. Threw them away in the trash. Threw them in a dumpster. I went to go take my trash out. And they was in the dumpster. Everything in me though, y'all. Because it was demons influencing me. And I had demons in my home at the time. See, you, I can't see them. But my mom, because God is in her. Because the Holy Spirit is in her. When she came here, she was able to see the demons in the spirit room that was inside of my home. But I couldn't see them. I could just feel them they give you these feelings and the feeling that those demons was giving me at the time was like keep the dildos keep them you know that's the feeling that the that the demon was giving me to keep the dildos but I threw them away it say the power of God is strong the spirit of God is most certainly willing and I don't care what nobody say the spirit of God is most certainly willing because I threw them things out and I remember going to sleep. I this is all real, y'all. Up until the up until the illusion that the enemy gave me. So I went to bed that same night, y'all. Tell me why. Now tell me why. The enemy himself sent me a very, very, very strong illusion of I'm gonna be flat out honest with you of this girl. That I used to be with in real life. We had sexual relations. And it was somebody that I was recently with. Before I had gave my life to God. And we had had some problems. Like we. And this was somebody that. Whew, I hate to say it but it's true. We had passionate sexual life. So it was good. I'm not. You know I would be lying if I said it didn't make me feel good. But I felt good. Like when we would have sex. And. She was in a dream, and I remember he gave me a feeling like, man, I should have threw away them dildos, but all of the dildos were put back together in the dream. All of the all of the dildos that I had cut up and threw out in real life were put back together in this strong illusion, and I could see the cuts, the slits of where I cut the dildos. I could see the slits. I could see the cuts, but... The enemy had put them back together. And the girl was sitting right in front of me and she was just smiling. He had a, it was a demon. See, I know I look at everything on the spiritual level. The demons can come in people in um forms of people that you know. And so he did that one of the demons came as her. And I remember her just sitting on the um bed. She was sitting on a bed and she was whew, she was just looking. You know, and I was just like, OMG. And I woke up and that was one of the dreams, one of the first illusions that the enemy had sent me. And I knew at that moment the devil was real. And I said to myself, I said, 
when I was in sin, I wasn't having dreams like that. I wasn't having no dreams. It would be nights where I would go to sleep and I wasn't dreaming at all. But up until I, I didn't start dreaming until close to me getting saved. And I was still in sin. Mind you, I did not know God. But I had started having these reoccurring dreams of me being late for work. And I was always wondering, like, what is this? What, why is why am I having these dreams of being late for work? And this was before I got saved. Didn't even know about getting saved. I think this was even before my mama truly got saved and gave her life. But I was having reoccurring dreams about me being late for work. And I could not for the life. I still don't know what those dreams meant. But I know that they stopped coming after I gave my life to God. And um, I think I had like one or two, but it was much more different than the ones that I was having before I gave my life to God. It was so much more different. It was like a calling. Like I was late being, I was late for something. And I don't know what I was late being, what I was late for. But I remember just waking up from that illusion that strong illusion and I was like man the devil was really working and because I had never ever in my life I mean the Lord you know nothing happens without God's permission even the demons and the devil obey God so when we when I went I'm talking about when we but when I experienced that I said wow I was, you know, God just gave me that wisdom to know, like, the devil is really real. You know, God gave, opened up my understanding and opened up my mind to know, like, you know, you wasn't experiencing nothing like this when you was in sin. Because the devil, you know, when you in sin, the devil already got your soul. What he need to really mess with you and sing your illusions and dreams? Well, he don't need to do that. But it's when it's not until you give your life to God. So like when I say that the devil, anybody, whether you live in a homosexual lifestyle, whether you're gambling, addicted to gambling, addicted to smoking weed, he's going to send you illusions of everything that he knows you are vulnerable and that you are weak in. And me, it was homosexuality and smoking. And he, I remember I was going through it so much because I was still in the inside, liked women. You know, I had liked them so much still, even after giving my life to God, because I told you in the process, I still liked women, even when I gave my life to God. And I remember just going through all of these emotions, but knowing that I could not go back. So just knowing that you oh something was a part of you for so long and then you happen to give it up because it's not what God wants for you you know we as humans we want to go our own way and that's how Israel was they was the Israelites was they were rebellious they wanted to go their own way Satan makes you love the things that you know your flesh craves and my flesh craved women and weed I'm just being honest. That's what my flesh craved. My flesh craved women and weed. And I just remember like going through all of these emotions, feeling depressed, feeling sad, um, feeling irritated. Like 
I just wanted to give up my faith. Like I didn't want to follow God. This is all the ways. Even this is after I gave him. You're going to go through some things, especially when you give your life to God and you still are attached to sin. You know, you still have that sinful nature. It's still in you. God has to deliver you from those things. So this is not an overnight process. It's truly not an overnight process. I will not lie to anybody, but it's the best thing that you could ever do because you realize that you're in a spiritual battle. You, you, it's a spiritual warfare that you're having with Satan and his demons, but the battle is not ours. The battle was the Lord. What we still have to battle against, we do have to fight to, to keep faith. We have to fight to continue to love God, to be obedient to God, to want to be obedient to God. So for me, all of these things was hard not only because I didn't know God, I was just coming into knowing the faith. And, um, I just was like, man, this is hard. But I remember the, uh, the enemy had gave me another illusion of me feeling all these different types of ways in the illusion. And he had me smoking a blunt. And I remember smoking the blunt. He gave me this strong illusion. And when I smoked the blunt, everything that I was feeling, my depression, my sadness, everything that I was feeling went away. It was basically like he was saying, if you do this, all of these feelings will go away. And really, that was not true. I really probably would have felt even worse if I would have gave in to that. But I didn't. You know, I didn't give in to what the enemy was trying to do. And there was many more illusions that the enemy sends me. Many, many more that you're going to realize and you're going to face when you choose to follow God, because the enemy does not want that. He wants you, his, he wants your soul. He wants you to be in hell with him. So, um, I get many different illusions. Some of them, um, you know, it's just, it is what it is. It's one of those things where you just, you gotta be strong and you really have to ask God for strength to be able to continue on every single day because you don't know how many years you're going to be on this earth. You know, to God, you know, our years is probably one day to him, but to us, 20, 30 years having to deal with the same thing, the same devil, every day until the day that you die because you don't know how long you're going to be here it is one of those things where it could get tiring so you that's why prayer is important for me prayer is extremely important and um not being spiritually lazy that's one of the things that i truly even to this day still have a problem with is spiritual laziness and i have to ask god to deliver me from spiritual laziness because sometimes i have days where i will go without reading my bible i will go without studying my notes from bible study like and i've been doing it i actually been going without studying my notes from bible study and that's things that we've learned weeks and weeks before but that's because that's spiritual laziness so there's, there are still things that God is going to have to deliver you from. Like God has to make me into a whole new person. Like, trust me, I know that the most of what I have given up, God is truly looking down on me. Like, you know, I really love her. Like I want this for her, you know, 
And I want this for myself, Lord Jesus. I want this. I want to make it into the kingdom of God. I want I want eternal life. I want to be able to die for my heavenly father. If somebody was to come to me and say, do you choose to follow Satan or do you choose to follow God? I will have to choose God and I will have to be ready to die. And that's the type of strength that I want if I'm ever faced with having to die for God. Because it's one of those things where... You know, this is a situation where we still have to be strong. Even though the battle is not ours, it is the Lord's. We still have to be strong in a lot of cases. And that's why God gives us the armor of God. Because we're still going to go through things. I'm looking at the scripture on my wall right now. It says, those who trust in the Lord will find new strength. And that is in Isaiah 40, um, chapter 40 and at verse 31. Those who trust in the Lord will find new strength. Man, and that is so important because every day I need strength from God to continue on, to not look back into that, to not go back to that lifestyle. And every day, I'm not going to lie, God has been making it easier for me. But I still, you know, I still sometimes, my flesh still sometimes feel like it want a woman, but it's not so strong to the point where I'm giving in to the way that I felt. You know, God had to deliver me even after I got saved, even after I was baptized. You still have to be delivered from those demons that were in you. So I had to be delivered from those demons. And um, I'm blessed that the Holy Spirit is in, in my mom and my mom is much more stronger in the Holy Ghost in the Lord than I am because you know she sees angels see she sees demons God allows her to see into the spirit realm she can come and cast demons out of your home and that's one of the things that the Holy Spirit did for me through my mother is he came into my home and he casted out the demons that were here and I can most certainly say that after that it was just a sense of peace in my home you didn't feel this like a um like things was just looking at you and staring at you and hovering over you or something like that. I didn't feel like that at all. You know, it's just every time um, my mom comes in here, it's just a sense of peace, you know, and I don't allow anyone to come into my home. Um, but because the Holy Spirit told me, don't let anybody in my home. You know, the Holy Spirit, and I kind of had to have some people come into my home, but the Holy Spirit, I know that the Holy Spirit was leading them out. So I wasn't um, too, you know, scared about, you know, like if they had to come work in my house or something like that. And my mom was just telling me, don't be, you know, you can let people inside your home, especially if they need to come work on something. But I was so paranoid after the Holy Ghost had told me, don't have nobody else in like literally clear as day. Uh, don't he told because he speaks to me through my mother but he'll tell me before he speak like this is not your mother speaking and I can tell because it's a different type of energy like you could feel a different type of energy and I just knew that it was not my mother speaking both times when the when the Lord's first when the Lord first first spoke to me and when he came and he spoke to me at my home he would always say first, this is when he really wants to get something across to me. This is not your mother speaking because he knows that I'm going to listen to God. You know, I'm going to listen to the Lord because this is a commandment. Do not. He told me specifically, don't let anybody in your home at all. And I'm thinking he mean everybody. So I was paranoid about anybody coming in. 
And that was just the fear of God, you know, me wanting to obey what he told me. You know, I'm not letting nobody in my home. I'm not even my own family members that's in sin. You can't, you know. And the scriptures tells us we can't, we can't, you know, um, conform to this world. We can't hang with people who are ungodly and who are unrighteous. We have to set ourselves apart. So when I gave, when I sacrificed the homosexual lifestyle, it's Friends, I think some people know because my sisters had told them, but some of my um, friends that were like studs, homosexuals, I'm pretty sure they still live in that lifestyle to this day because I was just saved eight months ago. So it ain't like I've been, you know, saved for 20 plus years. I've only been saved, honestly, for eight months. And well, before eight months, but it basically nine, eight, nine to eight months. And, um, it's still people that don't know that I have given my life to God. And part of that, I'm not going to lie, was because at first I was ashamed. You know, I was like, man, all of these. And I would be lying if I didn't say, you know, we should never be ashamed of God, though. We can't. God doesn't want us to be ashamed because if we ashamed of him, he'll be ashamed of us. So that's one of the things that you still you have to ask God, like, Lord, don't let me be one of those people that um, that is ashamed of you or afraid of what somebody else may think of me because I because you have brought me to you because I've chose to sacrifice my sacrifice living the homosexual lifestyle. I sacrifice smoking. You know, I don't want to be that person that is ashamed of you, Lord. Uh, So that's one of the things that you have to ask God to deliver you from and to give you boldness and courage and strength in those areas that you were weak. And that was, that would be an area that I would be weak in because so many people know me for being a stud and living a homosexual lifestyle and then not living it no more because I gave my life to God. Um, to them and they wouldn't understand it because to them you know they don't know God you know so people but now that I've witnessed miracles and I've witnessed the power of God I would not be I'm not the same person at all in my mind because I know the truth of God and I know that God has shown me his true power and another person would think that I was crazy you know but I'm not God is really 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 truly real and he has shown me his power through speaking in tongues he has shown me his power when he speaks in tongues when I hear him in my mind he has shown me his power through my dreams God would give me a strong dream I remember I had a dream where I had caught the Holy Ghost and I felt like I was spinning and God started speaking in tongues through me like I've had so many dreams and I just would never um, deny God because I know that he's real. You know, I know that the Holy Ghost is real. I know God is real. I know my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, is really, truly real. So this, I just wanted to give my testimony on homosexuality. So make sure y'all look out for Part three, uh, part three is going to be real, real spicy because it's going to be on witchcraft. Um, that was something that I was, I skipped all of that. Like I have so much to tell y'all, but I wanted to give my testimony on homosexuality to maybe help people out there who want to give their life to God, who really, truly know in their hearts. And I'm, I'm speaking to the people who live the homosexual lifestyle that know in their hearts that 
is that is not pleasing to God and they know God and they want to have a relationship with God, but they know that he looks down on it. I'm talking about people that God has actually opened up their minds to that because that's how it was with me. God had opened up my mind to know that this lifestyle, you can't continue to live. You have to sacrifice that. I don't care how you feel, you know, and one of those don't care how you feel was me still liking women. God didn't care nothing about that. I still had to sacrifice it. And one thing I didn't want was seven more demons than the ones that I had. They said you have seven times more of the demons that you had before you was in before you got saved. So when I was in sin, I had demons. But if I was to go back into sin, go back into living a homosexual life, I'll go back into smoking, I would have seven times more of the demons that I already have, which would make it seven times more harder for me to be saved and come back out of that. So that's one of the things I always, when I pray and I try to always remember to ask God to keep me from backsliding. But yes, this is most certainly for all the homosexual men, all the homosexual women, the lesbians, gays, thugs, transsexual, bisexuals, queers. If you're out there and you have... Uh, or you want to have a relationship with God, but you know he doesn't agree with your lifestyle, please listen to this podcast. I hope this reach a lot of people ears. And this is the Armor of God podcast with your host, Kier Aikila. We've been on for almost about an hour, but I thank God for every moment, every speech, because I know that this could help somebody out there that's that's struggling with the homosexual lifestyle and have had experiences. So like I said, y'all be looking out for part three on witchcraft because we definitely going to talk about that. It's big. It's becoming big in um, the world I see and Satan almost tried to get me with that. So we part three is most certainly going to be on witchcraft. Um, God bless everybody out there. I hope y'all have a blessed night or a blessed day wherever you are at in the world. And I love y'all. May God bless you. May God deliver you from all unrighteousness, uncleanliness, and filthiness, homosexuality, inordinate affection, idolatry, lasciviousness. In the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Hello, everyone. This is the Armor of God podcast. I am Kiera Aikila. And first and foremost, I want to give thanks and praise to our Heavenly Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And I thank him for bringing me to repentance. I thank him for bringing me to him. You know, it's not us that chooses God, but it's God that chooses us. And he chose me, you know. I was just on the phone with my mother and we were just, you know, witnessing on how God truly chose us, you know, um, to be fellow saints and to live by the word of God. And that's all I've been praying to really do is to, you know, be delivered from all unrighteousness, unrighteousness and unholiness and filthiness and uncleanness. Father God, in the name of Jesus. But you know something, um... If you've listened to my recent podcast, then you know that I'm extremely thankful for God delivering me from smoking and he is delivering me from the homosexual lifestyle that I used to live in in my past. 
you know, and one of the things that was huge for me, well, two of the things that was huge for me um, in my past was smoking and living the homosexual lifestyle. So today I'm not really going to take too long today. I don't want this to be an hour podcast, but I wanted to give at least three scriptures on um, homosexuality and how God really, he really looks down on homosexuality. And I want to give these scriptures in both the King James Version Bible and, and I have the Christian Standard Bible here. So hopefully this don't take too long. The good thing about my King James Version is I already have uh, things highlighted on homosexuality. So people know um, if you listen, li- listened to my last podcast and you know God has brought me to him and that he's delivering me out of um, the lifestyle of homosexuality. Um, that was one of the things, one of the biggest things that I struggled with. And um, thank you, Lord Jesus. I was taken right to it. But the first uh, chapter that I want to read is in Leviticus and it is chapter 20, Leviticus chapter 20 and at verse 13. Okay, so I'm trying to turn to this page in my um, Christian Standard Bible because I already have it in my King James Version. And um, I'm just going to read both of these scriptures here. But first, I'm going to read it in the King James Version, and then I'm going to read it in the Christian Standard Bible. And um, you can also read it uh, to break it down a little bit more. The Christian Standard Bible and the New Living Translation Bible are both great Bibles um, for people who don't understand the King James Version. So that's why I'm reading out of both. So we're in Leviticus chapter 20 and at verse 13. And this was one of the verses that God um, commanded was one of his commandments when he spoke on his commandments and everything and basically teaching the Israelites how to live um, holy. And one of the sins that he frowned upon is homosexuality, men defiling themselves with mankind. So here it says in Leviticus chapter 20 and at verse 13, it says, if a man also lie with mankind as he lieth with a woman, both of them have committed an abomination. They shall surely be put to death. Their blood shall be upon them. Okay. And so that's what it, that's how it is um, said in the King James version. So now I am going to read it out of the Christian standard Bible. And it's going to pretty much say the same thing, but I um, believe that it's going to be broken down a little bit more. So let's go ahead and read Leviticus chapter 20 and at verse 13 in the Christian Standard Bible. And like I said, you can also read it out of the New Living Translation. And it says here in Leviticus 
chapter, I mean, in Leviticus chapter 20 and at verse 13, if a man sleeps with a man as with a woman, they have both committed a detestable act. They must be put to death. Their death is their own fault. Okay, so that's how it's written in the Christian Standard Bible, which you can see how it pretty much goes hand in hand. And the Christian Standard Bible just pretty much broke that particular scripture down that was in the King James versions to where it was more understandable. So if a man sleeps with a man as with a woman and in the King James version, it says, if a man also lie with mankind as he lieth with a woman. So it's saying if a man lie with another man. So that was the first scripture. Um, one of the first scriptures on homosexuality that I've read. And that right there um, is letting us know that God frowns on the uh, on homosexuality period, you know, and it's actually another, another one on homosexuality, on homosexuality, but I believe it's in Deuteronomy. So the next, um, chapter we're going to be in the next book we're going to be in is the book of Romans. So if you have any Bible with you right now, um, you can read these particular scriptures in whatever particular Bible you have. It's either going to be broken down a little bit more or, you know, basically it's still going to say the same thing. That's what I like about all the Bibles because God has given us scripture, you know, for our learning. You know, all scripture is given by the inspiration of God and it's profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction and instruction in righteousness. So. We, you know, it's no saying, oh, all the Bibles have been rewritten and this and that because we, you know, God gave us all scripture for the benefit of our learning. So um, we're in Romans chapter one. And like I said, I'm going to do the same thing. I'm going to read out of the Christian Standard Bible as well as the King James Version. And we're in Romans chapter one, and I'm going to start at verse 25 and, um, I'm going to read out of the King James version Bible first. So Romans chapter one, and we're going to start at verses 25 Romans chapter one, verse 25. And we're still on the subject of homosexuality for this cause. God gave them up unto vow affections for even their women did change the natural use into that which is against nature. And likewise, also the men, leaving the natural use of the woman, burned in their lust one toward another, men with men, working that which is unseemly, and receiving in themselves that recompense of their error, which was meat. So that particular particular scripture is on homosexuality. And we're going to read the same exact scripture that was read out of the King James version. This one, I'm going to read out of the Christian standard Bible, the same exact scripture, but I believe, like I said, it's going to be broken down a bit more. Okay. So 
We're going to read the same exact verses, Romans 1, and those were verses 25 through 27. So um, we're going to read the same exact verses in the Christian Standard Bible, Romans chapter 1, 25 through 27. And I'm going to start. They exchanged the truth of God for a lie and worshiped and served what has been created instead of the creator who was praised forever. Amen. For this reason, God delivered them over to disgraceful passions. Their women exchanged natural sexual relations for unnatural ones. The men in the same way also left natural relations with women and were inflamed in their lust for one another. Men committed shameless acts with men and received in their own persons the appropriate penalty of their era. So that was another scripture on homosexuality. And it's so deep because the only the only way a person would deny this if, is if they just truly didn't care, you know, and if they didn't have a relationship with God. But um, fortunately, and I say fortunately, which means a good thing, God opened my heart and opened up my eyes to know that this lifestyle, I cannot live this lifestyle. And I'm hanging on to that regardless of the illusions or the thoughts that Satan may try to send me to put me back, to try to lure me back to where I was in the lifestyle that I used to live. But now that I'm becoming more rooted in God and I have to, and I still have a lot, God still has a lot to work on with me. So I'm not perfect at all yet in God's eyes. I, I honestly don't feel like I'm perfect, but God knows our heart and he knows that I truly want to be fully delivered. Like I don't even want to have a thought of a woman in my mind or, you know, any, any days, but with that, I also want to keep God's commandments. I also want to be obedient. So it's so much that, that we have to do when, when God calls us to him, it's not just, we have to just, uh, it's not just we're choosing God because we're really not. God is truly choosing us, but when we choose to follow, cause God gives us choices. So even though God chose me, I still had a choice to follow Satan or follow God, but I chose to follow Jesus. That's who I really did. I chose to follow Jesus and I'm happy that I made the decision. And at first, I'm not going to lie. I, I felt some, I felt a lot of ways. I felt a lot of mixed emotions giving my life to God because I still in the beginning liked women. And mind you, if you, if anybody has listened to my last podcast, they know I have not been saved that long. You know, I was just in deep, deep sin eight months ago. So for 26 years, I'm 26. I was in sin because coming out the womb, we are born into sin. So for 26 years, 
I was in deep sin and I became even more deep in sin when I began to act on the way that I was feeling toward women. But if you guys go and listen to my last podcast, um, my last podcast that I did on homosexuality, um, it's a lot more, a bit more detailed, um, but I'm not going to get into that because I particularly specifically came on here. Uh, to quote scriptures on homosexuality and just the few that I actually have. It's actually more scriptures on homosexuality than what I'm reading. I'm only reading three for you guys today because I didn't want this to be a long podcast. So uh, we're, we're done finished. We're finished um, reading Romans one. Now I'm going to go to first Timothy. Um, yeah. So this is in 1 Timothy, and we're going to read verses 8 through 10. Yeah, so 1 Timothy in the King James Version Bible, and we're going to read 1 Timothy in the Christian Standard Bible. And I'm going to read from the King James Version Bible first. So we're in 1 Timothy, and I'm going to read verses 8 through 10. So listen carefully. But we know that the law is good if a man use it lawfully. Knowing this, that the law is not made for a righteous man, but for the lawless and disobedient, for the ungodly and for sinners, for unholy and profane, for murderers of fathers and murderers of mothers, for manslayers, for whoremongers, for them that defile themselves with mankind, for men stillers, for liars, for perjured persons, and if there be any other thing that is contrary to sound doctrine. So... Apostle Paul was telling us here that if there is anything different, that's what contrary means. So, and if when he says, and if there be any other thing that is contrary to sound doctrine. So after he named the who the law was for, which is for the unrighteous, the sinners, the murderers of fathers, murderers of murder, murderers of murders. I mean, murders, murderers of mothers. I got a little tongue tied Um, and for them that defile themselves with mankind. So that part where it says for them that defile themselves with mankind, that's actually speaking on homosexuality. And I'm going to prove that to you in the Christian Standard Bible. So let's read the same exact verses in. um the Christian Standard Bible, but yeah, I just wanted to finish up on that. So Paul was just telling us that if there's anything that is contrary to sound doctrine, see, sound doctrine is what makes us feel those convictions. You know, a lot of people like to hear the sweet stuff that the Bible talks about, and I do too. I mean, of course, we don't want to hear nothing that's pounding on our sins when we know that we're guilty of a lot of things, but if we don't hear sound doctrine, we will not be saved. 
Sound doctrine is what save us, saves us. Sound doctrine is what keeps us from sinning again and again and again and again. You know, and those the sound doctrine is what really, you know, it pricks at your heart. It pricks at your sins and, you know, you start to feel those convictions. So we definitely want sound doctrine because that's what keeps us in the right relationship with God. So I'm going to read in First Timothy um, the same exact um, scripture, first Timothy, and we're going to read verses eight through 10 again. So first Timothy chapter one, verses eight through 10, and this is in the Christian standard Bible. And it says, but we know that the law was good provided one uses it legitimately, which means just use it correctly. I wanted to kind of break that down a little more. What it says that, but we know that the law is good. Basically, it's saying the law is good if it's used correctly. Okay, so and it, uh, and I'm gonna start that over. But we know that the law is good, provided one uses it legitimately. We know that the law is not meant for a righteous person, but for the lawless and rebellious, for the ungodly and sinful. For the unholy and irreverent, for those who kill their fathers and mothers, for murderers, for the sexually immoral and homosexuals, for slave traders, liars, perjurers, and for whatever else is contrary to the sound doctrine. So I really, really like the Christian Standard Bible because like like I said, it breaks it down much more for people to understand exactly what the King James version is talking about. So in the um, King James first Timothy um, chapter one and verse, we're going to be, I'm in verse 10 right now. And I'm just looking at the part where it says defile themselves with mankind. And that's who the law is for. And in first Timothy in the Christian standard Bible chapter one, and we're in verse, um, 10 again, it says that the, the, you know, the law is for the homosexuals. So that's, that's for all the homosexuals out there that think that it's okay to continue to live that lifestyle and think that you have a relationship with God. And the reason how I know, um, is some homosexuals out there that believe they have a relationship with God because I actually, encountered someone saying that was a full homosexual live full blown out homosexual living the homosexual lifestyle and they had the audacity to tell me that they have a relationship with God well one thing I can tell you if there's anything that you're doing that is contrary to what God it, it has planned for you to, for what, you know, God has in store for his, his commandments. If there's anything that is contrary to his commandments, I'm telling you here now. You do not have a relationship with God. Okay. And just to back that up, I'm in Romans chapter eight and I'm going to read verse nine really quick. And this is not on homosexuality. This is for anybody who 
is living a sinful lifestyle. You can be gambling. You can be drinking alcohol all the time, smoking. You can be raping somebody. You know, I'm just being wrong, being honest. You could be a rapist. You can be a liar. You can be somebody that's, you know, greedy and coveting, which means that you want something that somebody else has. So first off, I'm going to read this in Romans chapter eight, and I'm going to read it out of the King James Version because it's pretty self-explanatory. And it says in Romans eight and verse nine, it says, but ye are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. If so, be that the spirit of God dwell in you. Now, if any man have not the spirit of Christ, he is none of his. So that really puts down everybody who says I have a relationship with God and think that God is already in them. This right here um, erases all of that because it's basically telling us already that everybody does not have God in them. Everybody who is living a sinful and rebellious lifestyle and you continue to go your own way, you do not have God in you. You are none of his. If you are not doing what God is telling you to do, if you are not following his ways, his commandments, you are none of his, you know, and it's sad because it's a lot of people that think that way and really you just deceiving yourself. A lot of people think that they can go their own way and be a little bit good. No, you have to do everything in your power to live holy. That's the only thing God told us to be is holy. First Peter first verse 16, because it is written, be ye holy for I am holy. That is 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 16. Because it is written, be ye holy, for I am holy. Okay? So, God didn't ask us to do anything else. And this right here puts to shame and puts down everybody who says, Oh, I got a relationship with God. I God already in me. God is... First off, God is not in you. If you have not repented of your sins and have went down in water in the name of Jesus Christ, God is not, does not have a relationship with you. And in Romans chapter eight and at verse nine, if so be that the spirit of God dwell in you. Now, if any man have not the spirit of Christ, he is none of his. He's already telling us that every man does not have the spirit. That's common sense. This scripture right here, you have to use common sense. And it's telling us not everybody has the spirit of God in them. They don't because you have the spirit of the devil in you. And God and demons don't mix. The Holy Ghost and demons don't mix. They're not going to be in one body together. It's either the Holy Ghost or demons. And a lot of people that are in sin are possessed by demons. They have demons that are influencing them around them and they have demons inside of them. Okay. So I just wanted to get that message out there. We running on 25 minutes. I didn't even want to take that long doing this, but I wanted to give a couple scriptures on homosexuality for anybody out there that's struggling with homosexuality. And most of the scriptures that are quoted on homosexuality is part of sound doctrine. Those are the scriptures that will really make somebody who's in sin, who's living a homosexual lifestyle upset 
because I was, when I seen them scriptures, I said, and I'm, I'm somebody that never has opened the Bible until, you know, I got saved and really started reading, never knew these scriptures were a part of the Bible, you know, and more and more that I read and more and more that makes me believe, you know, I've been believed in God, but when he, when he, you know, spoke to me, but it is more when you start to read the scriptures and you realize how much it pounds on every sin. It's so many sins in this Bible that people would be like, I can't believe this is even in the Bible, but praise God. I hope I've helped someone out there. Um, and you can just re, um, you can hear this and replay it. And, um, if you need to get any of the scriptures that I've said, so make sure you just replay it. And we just don't want to most certainly praise God. And I hope that I helped anybody out there and God bless y'all tonight. Happy holidays. I want to say happy Thanksgiving, not happy, happy holidays, because I don't celebrate Christmas anymore. So happy Thanksgiving to everybody who's going to be with their family and eating good. Um, We just want to give thanks and praise to God. That is my Thanksgiving is giving thanks and praise to God for bringing me out of so much and loving me and having mercy and grace on my soul. So God bless everybody out there. And good night or good morning, wherever you are in the world. Amen.